You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, this is former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills, Eric Wood, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on the Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to the first preseason episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We have a lot of fun things to talk about this episode. The Bills just had their first preseason game against the Colts in Buffalo, their only game, in, only preseason game in Buffalo. The Bills ended up winning 23-19. to We're going to talk a lot about that game in particular, some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like, some of the plays we liked, some of the plays that you know we wish we could have had back, and uh, a lot more, a lot more. Maybe some Barkley key... Uh, Kyle Allen discussion, you know, a lot of fun stuff. And then uh, we're going to end the episode with uh, talking about the overages on the Bills' new stadium construction. There's an, uh, a story from the AP talking about there being over $300 million in estimated overages of the construction costs that the Bills agreed on. And uh, Terry... Terry's probably going to have to foot uh, a majority of that. So we're going to talk about that. It'll be a fun way to end this discussion. Um, but first, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at DeLago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area or Southern New York or Northern New York, wherever, wherever you are, in the tri-state area, in the quad state area, whatever, check out the DeLago Resort and Casino. It is a, a great time. It is like we've told you so many times before, we've been to several, several different casinos, sports, uh, sports books, um, it's up there, if not one of the best um, that we've ever been to. And that includes Vegas Strip, Old Vegas, New Jersey, Atlantic City, whatever. It doesn't, there's, we're so lucky to have a place like that um, so close to us. And uh, it's like I always say, it's the jewel of Waterloo. So I'm joined by my co hosts, John and Mike. Wait, and, you uh, always say that? <laughs> yeah, I always say that like a tenth of the time. <laughs> mm. Once every 10 episodes, you just, you know, I always say it. Well, I've I am the one that, that, you never heard that? Oh, you must zone out for those. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I wait for the ones that you can't make and I'm just like, I just use it all the time. But yeah, Jewel of Waterloo. Do you like that one? I like that, yeah. Thanks, thanks. You, you're my... claiming inventing it? Uh, We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm joined, as you heard before, by my co-hosts Mike and John. Uh, John, how are you doing, man? First preseason game. Doing great. It's it's uh, it's always weird football back for the first preseason game and like getting back into it. You see like the same, like you know, Articles from the same people, you know, you got sales, you know, arrow up, arrow down and, you know, like every, everything's coming back. So I, I love it. Um, they won. How about that? <laughs> um, They've won 11 of the past 12 I was- preseason games. Just going to ask 12. that because it feels like they've they've won a lot of preseason games in re- in recent history. Let me tell you, McDermott calling the plays for the first time in Buffalo here. It was not a vanilla defense in the first preseason game. He was dialing up blitzes. Um, it, was, it was definitely fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see. You know, it's funny. You hear a lot of the players when they talk about McDermott running the defense. They're always like, it's, it's, I love it. Like, they're, you know, I guess the company line, if he was just to say something that was very vanilla, um, would be like, yeah, you know, Coach McDermott, you know, has a great mind for this, and I'm looking forward to it. Or, yeah, but they're just like, this is great. Like, we're so excited. It's almost like, like they asked Amar Hamlin that after the after the game, 
And it's almost like I get the feeling that they're not only are they saying a lot about McDermott, but it sounds like they're also speaking even louder about without saying a thing about Frazier. Like, I feel like that's what they're saying. You know, like when they're saying they're so excited and they're, they love what McDermott's doing. They're also basically saying, I wasn't a fan of what we were doing before. I get it, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the best we could have done. That's kind of the feeling I get. So, so Mike, welcome into the podcast. First preseason game out of the way. How are you doing? You're welcome. You're welcome. So first, first impressions of the games in general, uh, John, I think you started off really well with, with the point on defense. How about on offense? So this is, this is something that, you know, at first sight, I was lucky I was at the game, but you know, I didn't catch all of it because it was a kid's day game and I was with uh, my kids and wife. And so like, you know, there's a lot of things going on and, you know, experiences and getting food and going back, you know, to finding your seats, all that fun stuff. So I missed some of it. I did watch rewatch the highlights and some of the other, you know, the replay. And it was just like, uh, the defense was interesting, but the Kyle Allen versus Matt Barkley discussion needs to be had because there, and I think it's exemplified or it's even amplified by the fact that there have been a lot of stories written in the last couple of weeks. Like the bills, Kyle Allen is struggling. The bills backup quarterback situation might not be that good. I mean, Joe Biscalia had an article written about in the athletic. And if he writing an article that's specifically dedicated to that, um, that topic, like that's, that's a big deal. And then, so you're like, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. And then the fact that Kyle Allen did have some struggles and it's not even that big of a deal. Cause it's like, well, he's got a backup offensive line, blah, blah, blah. Or I'm sorry. He doesn't have a backup offensive line, but he's playing against first stringers on defense. You know, there, there's a lot of things to take into account, but then when Matt Barkley comes on the field and his stat line was 14 of 15 for 172 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. You look at that and you're like, Hey, like maybe that's, like, that's pretty good. Like, he looked good in that offense. You know, I mean, I think, I guess my point is, like, looking back now that it's, you know, been a day since the game has happened, I didn't think Kyle Allen had that bad of a game, but I thought Matt Barkley had a really good game about that. Is is that kind of what you what you notice when you watch the game? Yeah, I mean, there definitely wasn't a lot of things going in Kyle Allen's favor. Uh, I mean, there was at, at least a couple of drop balls, especially one that killed a, a long drive. Um, there was the one, the pick six that bounced off the receiver. Um, Bates had a high snap, uh, the, the one play, uh, Butker whiffed on a block and he got sacked. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it wasn't good overall. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't be all over Allen just yet necessarily. Um, but sure. It's a, a conversation. I mean, Barkley looked good, but he, I mean, he's looked good in the past and still ended up third string too. So it's not, you know, um, it's not a good. It's not a bad problem to have either. That like there's a, a, a competition there, right? So no, exactly. I mean, Matt. Bar- it's so funny. Matt Barkley has had an interesting career in Buffalo because he's one of those guys that like when he has had his opportunities, like he's not. He has shown up like pretty well for the most part. So he was with the Bills in 2018. Let's see. He had. I'm looking for the game that he had. There was one game against Miami where he came in and like Miami needed to win the game to make the playoffs and the, and the Bills were just coasting at that point and he dismantled them pretty good. Which game was that, John? Miami game. <laughs> From <laughs> Yeah, the Miami, Miami game. Is that yeah. what you said? Sorry, I'm trying to I can't remember the year. This is Pro Football Reference. Pro Football Reference is a great site if you don't mind 25 different ads coming up. Every time you click on something and then waiting for every ad to fully load before you're trying to like, I'm trying to look at his scheme splits. Right. And, and they're just taking a while to come up. Yeah. I mean, while, while you're looking like, I mean, they said on the telecast that like Kyle Allen's got like the bigger arm and Matt Barkley doesn't have the arm, but like he's willing to, you know, take more risks and, 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 and throw it downfield more, um, which is good and bad. Right. Like you want, that's good, but like you, you, you'll, you know, the turnover frequency will probably increase with that. What would you rather have as your backup quarterback between those two options, not knowing that they're Matt Barkley or Kyle Allen, not knowing that one person is way ahead of the other person or not? I mean, who would you rather have it as your backup? I mean, the two options, you have a guy with like maybe a better arm, but like is not as prone to throw the ball into areas where he shouldn't. Whereas like you have the other guy who's 
doesn't have as good of an arm, but he'll throw it. Like he'll find a guy and he'll throw it to, to a guy, whether it's like good or bad, you know, like he'll, he'll at least make the throw. I feel like that was one of the things that was very frustrating about players like Tyrod Taylor is like, he wouldn't even bother throwing the ball. Like, you know, it's just like, just throw it, like make, try to make a play, you know, like that. And would you rather have Fitz? I don't know. I guess would you, Fitz or Mike, Tyrod? John, let me know what you think to me. Oh, as, as my backup Fitz for sure. For sure. But the, okay. So here's the thing. It depends on if the bills are going to be without Josh Allen for like a game or two or like an entire season. Cause if it's an entire season, like balls to the wall, do whatever you got to do. Right. Like either give me an A or give me an F. I want you to like, <laughs> like win the super bowl or to like go four and 12 or four and 13 or whatever. Like that's, I only want one of those two things, but um, at least with a guy like Fitz, if you needed to, you I'm sure he could dial back and become a game manager. Right. Whereas the other option, like you're not all of a sudden going to make a guy start throwing the ball that he never normally throws, right? Um, I think I'd rather take the Matt Barkley out of the two. Just his proclivity to throw the ball and want to make plays. You can't make proclivity a non-sexual word. <laughs> Try as you might. His proclivity to throw the ball. That's a thing. Is <laughs> if I go to if I go to Merriam Webster dictionary proclivity the first thing isn't going to be a sports it's that sports example in a sentence i don't think but it's like it's proclivity words that have entered entered the, the vernacular as something completely different like a hundred years ago you would say like oh he was so like ejaculate meant surprise like oh he got it was a surprise party they all ejaculated <laughs> well whereas now you don't do that <laughs> same holds true with proclivity did you just make that up <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, I see, think John, that's like, what I mean. See, that's, um, <laughs> I was truly ejaculated at the game that Matt Barkley had. <laughs> it was, it was quite ejaculating. No, I think here you oh, did I use that wrong? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Like it was surprising. Isn't that all that means? It's like a surprised utterance. Oh, oh, I uttered. <laughs> It'd be like, oh my gosh, he ejaculated. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, you don't see that in many books being written today either. No. I'm reading through the Harry Potter season, series. I have not read the ejaculated one once. <laughs> are you really be... reading it or are you listening to it? <laughs> my my seven-year-old's reading it to me. It's part of this. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm reading it to him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like it's totally a selfish endeavor because I've never read the books. I'm like, oh, here's a good excuse. We get to read the you know, nighttime book stories and I get to killing two birds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good, so it's another phrase that needs <laughs> updating. How many, how many birds have been murdered in the, <laughs> in the past? Just to like that phrase, how did there's, there's so many different ways to skin a cat, right? Like, geez, how many cats were being so skinned? Jeez. Yeah. It's just, I, I even think about this cause I have a dog, I have a pit bull. And I think of like, you know, I don't even have a dog in the fight. And like, I know it's not meant that way, but like, you know, there's a lot of dogs, like dog fighting. I'm not a big fan of, you know, so there's all these things needs up, need updating. It should be like helping two strangers, not killing two birds. <laughs> That's just as good as helping two strangers. <laughs> uh, helping two hobos. <laughs> it's just, um, yeah, there needs to be a lot of updates. All right, let's we'll, maybe we'll come up with some. So, uh, so back to Barkley. <laughs> Barkley, who would you rather have, Mike? Who would you rather have? The Barkley. Fitzy sort of. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, so Kyle Allen. So Matt Barkley did look much better than Kyle you want Allen. the guy who's who's got the locker room, who's familiar with the system, who's been there since 2018, minus a year. No question. What's funny? So, so get this. So when they asked Matt Barkley, because Matt Barkley was in the press conference after the game, they asked Matt Barkley what he thought of Kyle Allen. And they said, like, you know, Kyle's really, you know, he's still picking up the playbook. And, like, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if I want to hear that about my backup quarterback. Like, it's nice that he has all these, you know, tremendous talents as far as, you know, throwing the ball or whatever, reading defenses. But if the time comes and we're, what, three weeks away from live bullets and my backup quarterback isn't really fully engulfed into the playbook. Like that's not a good sign. If, if you know that, and then what you saw, would you rather have Matt Barkley who knows the entire playbook? Cause he's been there for two years under Dorsey and he looked okay with the backups. Like why wouldn't you want 
Barkley. And and what's what's even better is that like after the after the game, they asked Sean McDermott at the press conference, like like point blank, is this a competition at backup quarterback? Because we didn't think it was. Like I never I didn't think I was like, oh, you know, Matt Barkley's like that, you know, rah-rah guy in the locker room. He's gonna be inactive every single game day, right? Like, uh, but Sean McDermott replied, Yes. Just one word. Is it Q- is it QB? You know, is there is there competition for backup quarterback? Yes. That's, so that's the perfect answer because there's <laughs> he every, made it very obvious that it is not over. It is not every Kyle Allen's job. Is is up for competition? That like that's the, that's his standard answer for any position across the whole roster. So like, of course he's going to say yes. And it is true. I'm not saying that it's not true just because he said yes. It, like it's true. Like it, it is a competition. I want to see what happens next week personally. But he didn't say it, so. It would. Me too. Me too. But. I mean, Kyle Allen could get back in our good graces with another good game, with a good game, right? Because that's what exactly. happened last year with Case Keenum. Like everyone was like, "What is Case Keenum doing? Why is he?" And then all yeah. of a sudden, he just mm-hmm. lit it up finally within the second or third preseason game, right? So I'm not too worried. Yeah, but we, let's, it's definitely notable, man. It's, it's probably the biggest biggest storyline coming out of that game, probably, which is also a good thing, right? Because <laughs> they have a good team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's let's move on to some of the other topics. Um, Demar Hamlin, obviously a big a big story with that. Um, he is first actual game action. It feels like everything's kind of like a baby step or or a step in in, in the right direction for him as he you know just had his first padded, padded practice you know just a week or two ago, and now it's his first game action since the incident. And not only that, like he looked good. So like that was really cool. He was in his press conference after talking about everything. You know. It was it was really cool. It's really cool to hear him in general. He's one of those guys that you know you really root for because he he just seems like a, just a genuinely good person. <laughs> like he's always been that way. Now he just has that platform where everyone wants to hear him. I mean, he's a if you think about it, besides Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Demar Hamlin is probably the most popular guy on the Bills roster. Maybe Von Miller also, but like unlike you know Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Von Miller, like Demar Hamlin transcends like football in general like people that have no idea who's on the buffalo bills know who demar hamlin is because of what happened like he's kind of like a celebrity so it's kind of cool that he could have easily you know been like this isn't for me like and and just done his press tours just done you know his motivational speaking or whatever like raising awareness and all those things would have been great all those things would have been respectable respected and and whatnot but the fact that he's still you know doing what he's doing and he's playing at a level which makes you think that there's no way that they can they can uh, cut him when the 53 man roster you know cutdowns happen is because like not only that you know he's just playing that well like you can't he's he's trying to make it undeniable that the Bills can Bills can stop him and they asked Matt Barkley about it they're like what was it like to see tomorrow out there he's like well it wasn't a big deal for us because we see him out there every day like there's not been a a time when he wasn't out there practicing with us so for us it's it's you know per usual I mean it's great to see it but we're used to this. Like this is this is just who Demar is. So that was kind of cool too. So cool. All right. So uh, let's see. So this is interesting. I thought one of you try to read between the lines of some of the things that happened during the game. And it's funny. I was on Fernando uh, Schmutz podcast, um, leading the charge on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. He asked me to come on Friday afternoon. We were talking. He's like, "What are you looking for at the game when you're going to be there?" And I was like, "Honestly, like they're not going to show a whole lot." you know, of coverage and scheme, not that I would definitely know it like live anyway, like be able to point that out or know what they're doing. Like John, you mentioned the coverages. Like I couldn't tell that live. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh, this is definitely what they're doing. Like, that's cool that you noticed that. Like I didn't notice that live. So, uh, I, I, I mentioned to him plays that stick out, uh, players that stick out players that I hadn't thought about necessarily that just kind of seemed to to shine in the game or struggle or vice versa. And one of the things was, you know, Dean Jackson, I thought Dean Jackson, he only played like five snaps, but in one of those five snaps, he had an interception like from the Colts starting quarterback, or at least the Colts rookie quarterback right now. Um, and I thought that looked good. And then if you noticed after that series, he didn't play the game anymore. And who played every single snap after that, for the most part, at least like in his stead were both Kyir Elam and Christian Benford. So to me, that just, I, I know Dean Jackson has been getting first team reps all throughout camp. They've been sprinkling in Kyir Elam and Christian Benford and taking, you know, switches. But to me, it's clear as day right now that Dean Jackson seems like he's in lock for the number two cornerback position outside of Travis White. And the fact that he was starting, the fact that he had that big play, and then they took him out. Because if he was on the field with Christian or Kyir Elam to start the game, 
you'd be like, well, you know, I mean, who's, who's the better one? You don't know. But then when you see the fact that he comes off the field and those two are staying on, like that's, that doesn't mean that they're, it means that they're probably most likely not going to be starting. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still time, but I mean, then you have Elam had the pass interference. It's, you know, but, but good problem to have again, right? Like corner, they have good depth now. Safety, they have really good depth. Like the defensive line has really good depth. I mean, wide receiver, apparently they have really good depth too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is exactly that is that is really. I, so before I give another note, Mike John, is there is there one that you want to give like something that you notice about the game in general, maybe about a player or anything I, like that? I think so. Like I I mentioned earlier, like good or bad. McDermott and like calling blitzes and and mixing it up. Um, it seemed like Dorsey probably didn't have the same luxury because, you know, Allen's not playing. Diggs isn't playing. Kincaid only ran one passing route. Um, so, like, now I don't know how much they would want to show anyway on offense, but um, I, don't, I don't think he was afforded the same luxury to, to kind of do that on offense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So even even vanilla offensively, like, I still think they didn't look bad. I thought the offense looked pretty good, all things considered, but you're right. There's things that they can show in defense that you know, they might show all season, so it's not a big deal. Um, I thought Latavius Murray had a pretty good game, all things considered. Um, you know, I know Damien Harris right now is injured, and, you know, we obviously lost Naheem Hines for the season with the, the uh, jet ski incident. So I, I I like Latavius Murray, and I hadn't really – he'd always been kind of like an afterthought to me. And then when we had Sean Murphy on from Buffalo Rumblings, and he's doing his 90 players in 90 days write-up, which ends up being like 110 players at the end because some guys that he writes about get cut, and then they add new players, so he has to write more about them. I said, who are you Who are you writing about? Who have you written about so far that you're actually kind of interested in that nobody's talking about? And he's like Latavius Murray because he was writing about him. He's, he's like – the guy had like 11 carries for 114 yards his last game this last season with the Broncos in Denver against the, against the chargers. Like he's, he's six foot three, 233 pounds. So like, he's only like 10 or 12 pounds less than Derrick Henry and the same height. Of course he's 32 years old right now. So that's not ideal, but like, he doesn't look bad. Like he's, he's not the James cook. I mean, I thought James cook had a good game. Like he, I love the fact that when James cook touches the ball, he could potentially go all the way. I mean, he could be, you know, stopped at the line of course too, but like he could, he could run around the edge and actually like, you got to catch him. You got to catch him down the sidelines. Latavius Murray doesn't have that, but he's got size. Um, and I think he should Damian Harris miss time because of injuries. Like right now, like right now he's injured. <laughs> and what we always say, what is it? The best, your best ability is your availability, right? Like Damian Harris doesn't have that right now. So, um, and good for Latavius Murray for taking advantage of it. Cause I thought, I thought yeah, he I, good. I was writing off Murray as uh the McDermott token old running back <laughs> that he likes to have on the roster. But, um, 33-year-old, he showed some bursts, let me tell you. Um, especially, in, uh, like, at least on one of the receptions he had, like, in turning up field and um, he had a nice run. Like, yeah, I'm, I changed my tune on him. Yeah, and, and, and in your defense, like, McDermott does love those guys. You know, he does love, you know, keeping on, you know, holding on to, like, the uh, Mike Tolberts of the world a little bit longer than they should be. You know, he likes... Uh, holding on to the Frank Gores, like just having that in, and it used to be like, those guys are going to be their starters. So like Damian Harris, he has 449 attempts and how many receptions does he, he doesn't have any four. So he has 500 touches. I wonder how much Latavius Murray does because he doesn't have as many touches as like a lot of these guys that, you know, are in their thirties. Right. So he has 1400 touches (laughs) 1,400 carries, and he has 222 receptions. That's probably what it is. He doesn't have as many touches as but it's not running backs who are in their 30s. No. So he's still able to, yeah. Exactly. He had, how many attempts did he have last season? 170 rushes, which isn't bad. It's not terrible. Like, that's a decent amount of rushes, but it's not that many. And he had 27 receptions. His yards per attempt last year with... Denver was 4.4 yards per attempt. It's not bad. So like he kind of shows a little bit more. So Latavius Murray, maybe he's not, he doesn't have the youth that Damian Harris does, but he does have the size that Damian Harris doesn't have. And he also has the ability to be a receiving back, which isn't, which wasn't a big, you know, uh, focal point for 
Damian Harris. Usually Belichick loves having like one guy who just catches the ball, right? Like a James White type running back. So, so yeah, I'm excited. Good for him, man. Are there any other players that like that jumped out to you, like good or bad um, that you noticed? Actually, John? To, like just anything? to backtrack one more. Um, so let's say Cook, Harris, um, Murray, and Gilliam all make the roster, right? Um, do you think any other running backs make the roster? Like thinking about special teams and that sort of thing, or do you think that would be covered elsewhere potentially? It feels like it's being covered elsewhere. To be honest, if you think about like like uh, guys that are gunners, like Justin Shorter, sounds like he could be a guy that another guy that. By the way, we're talking about disappointments. Like I'm not going to go wall of shame on him, but I was kind of hoping Justin Shorter would have gotten one of like the what thirty targets. One of the three, yeah, 30, exactly 30 targets, and he didn't get any targets. So that was kind of a disappointment, but Justin Shorter should figure in for special teams. So I feel like he's going to, he's a lock to make the roster. Plus, you know, who doesn't love the cost control rookie contracts? Yeah, sure. These guys. Um, but yeah, no, sure, I can't see any of these. I, I, was, I was looking forward to it because it was, he's being hyped up, right? Big, big receiver. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I didn't, I don't think I even noticed him. Yeah, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds or something. But meanwhile, like that. they threw it to I mean, like yeah. at least ten ten different just, guys. Just at not. Least, so right? like <laughs> it's not him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. That's the thing. They 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 how many hold on, I'll tell you how many receivers had a target. Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen running backs and receivers had targets. So they were spreading the ball around. That's even more disappointing that Shorter didn't even get one of those, you know? No tight ends. Like, huh? uh, but but to your point, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't, no, uh, was there a tight end target? Oh, yeah, uh, Sternberger. Sternberger. Yeah, and then you. Jay yeah, Sternberger. Fumbled, yeah. yeah, the guy who fumbled. <laughs> but some of those other guys who had never heard of before, Aitman uh, and Patman. They did, they did pretty good. Dude, I so we we do a podcast every week about the Buffalo Bills and like I'm reading constantly like we're we're peeping track of train camp. No one's ever mentioned um Tyrell Shavers. Like not once have I heard his name come up. Um who else? You're saying Aitman? Who is Aitman? Well Shavers <laughs> like, Shavers I mean, he got that Aitman. touchdown, but he didn't really have that great of a game. He had two or three drops before that touchdown. <laughs> no, he did have that drop that led to the pick that, six, yeah. right? That yeah. one, yeah. Well, so, you know like, what, so, so we're gonna. But talk- that wasn't even that. So, like, I, that play was kind of hard to see, like what actually happened. But like, he had two other drops that were really bad. Oh, really? San Diego State, six foot four, two hundred eleven pounds. So, um, undrafted rookie Tyrell Shavers. Man, they yeah. like the size of that guy, though. Jeez. But you Keyshawn know what? I liked? Johnson. He's another one. This is this is he, he kind good. of like Keyshawn. Johnson. It's weird. It's weird to say Keyshawn Johnson. He did. He looked good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's key as in K E E S E A N, not 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 Mishon Johnson, like for the Jets and the Bucks is Keyshawn. Yeah, Keyshawn is uh is this is his this is his third year in the NFL. Um, dude, I so so you were go, you were saying about Tyrell Shavers, like do credit to the coaching staff for the Buffalo Bills because they could have easily sat him down after that play if they if they figured it was his fault for you know knocking up the ball for a pick six, but they didn't, they didn't give up on him. They kept going. So like they could have easily been like, you're done. And then just like his career could have been over after that play. If they didn't start him and nobody else gave him a shot, but they kept him in there. He ended up getting a touchdown, uh, which was cool to see. Um, Shaver said, guess who's the leading receiver for the Buffalo bills. If you had to guess receptions or yards, unless you already know (laughs) Uh, yards, Uh, you can give me both. Okay. Actually, they are both. The, the two leaders have the same amount of yards, but they have the same amount of receptions, too. And everyone else just tied in receptions. No one has more than um, them. Man, they spread the ball around a lot. I don't know. Um, think So the first one you, you would think of, he he was just signed recently, veteran guy, slot receiver. Isabella? Isabella? His first name begins yeah. with an A. Yes, is Andy Isabella. Yep. Three targets, three receptions, 42 yards. I thought he looked pretty yeah. good. He definitely looks I, fast. I, you know, he... He yeah. seemed to get some separation. He didn't drop like, anything, especially in returns, yeah, which is important. He does, but <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like so. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, dude. That's ninety percent of it. That's ninety percent like, of it. He's just look super amazing on the returns, but he did look fast, and he did not drop the ball, which they've had problems with before. So, yeah. So, like, you're. I I agree. Like, he was nothing, nothing spectacular at all 
in the return game, but I thought in slot he looked he looked pretty good. Like he looked okay. He was he had one of those like really good really good passes from uh, from Kyle Allen. So like I I mean it, it looked pretty good. So I like him. I don't think he makes the roster. I think he probably makes a practice squad or something like that. But he might be the first guy that that becomes activated off the practice squad if someone gets injured, right? Like a yeah. Khalil Shakir I, I, or something I, like that. Which I thought Khalil Shakir. What you th- what you think of Khalil Shakir, John? Before we talk about Marcus Aitman and Jordan Mims or whoever else, what do you think of well, Khalil Shakir? Two targets or four targets, two he receptions, did one bad, yards. really bad drop. Um, but prior to that, he had two spectacular catches. So it's like, uh, <laughs> you know. I guess a little inconsistent, but like, what do you do? Yeah, with that, like right? people are dogging on him. Like, well, I wouldn't like put him in my negative column. I'd probably keep him in my neutral column right now. But like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I, so he is. He's had that issue. Like, even I think he was only active, or at least starting one game last year, and I think it was against the Steelers. And he had one big drop in that game. I remember specifically. I've been watching him, and like he drops were an issue in college for Khalil Shakir. Like I know he had some really great highlight level catches, and he did one arm catches, you know, stuff like that. But he struggled in college with catches. Like he had a really bad catch rate um, from PFF and stuff like that. So that's not new for him. Sounds like Gabe Davis. So so here's what you have to deal with: is you remember. Sounds like Gabe Davis slash Dawson Knox's first three seasons. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just have to be okay with that as a Bills fan. Like, or just, you know, understand that that's something you get with Khalil Shakir. For the people that are banging on Khalil Shakir, you know, on that drum, which I totally get, I like him a lot. You just have to know that that's also a real thing. Like, it's not, he's not a perfect wide receiver. He does have drops. And then, like, you know, I don't know um, if Hardy did anything. I didn't notice him. Um, Sherfield, he had an illegal shift and he had trouble getting separation on a third and short play is what I wrote down. Um, but I, I didn't notice Hardy at all that I know can see here. Yeah. Hardy and Sherfield only had one target each. No, no receptions. So that's disappointing. They're new free agents. <laughs> you know, who didn't look bad is, uh, Jordan Mims. The running back. Like, I thought he looked okay, specifically on that one screen pass, which, by the way, like, I forgot that, you know, screen passes were a thing that the Bills could potentially even try on offense, <laughs> you know, or a screen pass that was like a bubble screen or whatever, like, or a throw out to the flat. Like, that's something the Bills apparently have been either practicing or they have the intention of potentially doing in the, you know, in the future. A draw play. I believe I saw a draw play. That's a, that was cool to see. I don't see that uh, that often with the Buffalo Bills. Like that's something they could really take advantage of, especially with like two tight end sets. Like you know, you, you think that they're you know, if you have the matchup you want, and they have a you know defensive back covering Dalton Kincaid, and he runs out, you know, then just you know stay back, hand the ball off to James Cook, and let him run for ten. Yeah, yards, I, so. I thought all the running backs looked good for the Bills. The yards per carry for all of them weren't great, but like in their own way, they show different things. Like Evans, Darrington Evans had a good special teams play. Like they, they all had different things that looked good. I thought was his, uh, a receiving was his, was uh, it a return or was it a tackle? That you saw I, I can't read my hands. handwriting. I thought it was a, a return kickoff return, but I can't tell. <laughs> That's why it was generic when I said, it, when I said it before. Yes, it was a kickoff return. <laughs> It was a forty. It was a forty-two yard yeah. kickoff return from yeah, Darrington Evans. <laughs> great, great. I was like, great, yeah, Darrington Evans, great. Uh, Hardy had okay. one. <laughs> 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 yeah, Darrington Evans. So, so maybe he does get a possible look at return, but I think they have that covered between between Shakir and Deontay Hardy. I think Hardy's going to be the guy, at least right now, who's starting for the receiving role for punt returns and kick returns. And I think it'll be Khalil Shakir after that. So I don't think they keep Darrington Evans just for kickoff returns, but especially with the new rule into effect, there's going to be so many less. Uh, And what's the, what's the new rule again? All right, let's do, let's do some. The new rule is that um, you can literally fair catch it, the kickoff wherever you want to. And it's going to be the the two. So before it had to be, you fair catch it at the two, it goes to the 25 still. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. 
Interesting. Yep, they they want to eliminate that. So like that's what the Bills. The Bills had a very low uh, rate of touchbacks because they wanted to force those guys to return at the two yard line and then tackle them at like the eighteen, right? Because you're already given, you know, that's an advantage. Not like Tyler Bass can't kick it out of the end zone. He can. It's just yeah. a matter of that's what that was. It. So now they lose that advantage. I don't know why it, it so. should just be the twenty and like they. I know they move the the kickoffs five yards closer to at one point to prevent returns. Like they did all kinds of stuff over the years. And I, I don't yep. know. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna stop before I go my old man soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they give them all trophies? <laughs> John's John's like, geez, just put them in. What did what do all the old guys say? Why don't they just put them in? skirts or tutus or something like that stay off my lawn such an old guy thing to say but yeah no i get what you're saying that is stay off my lawn (laughs) uh yeah 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 no i get what you're saying but at the same time it's like if they see that as a major cause of injuries and concussions like i get it like i you know so i'm not maybe not happy about it but you know what are you gonna do right so at least it's not a ridiculous but at least i'm not like you know i can't see why they would ever do that so anyway It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's go into, so like let's, so in our normal podcast, so for those of you that are listening for the first time, um, we do a recap show after every uh, game, the regular season, postseason, uh, where we do our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game. Our wall of famers and wall of shamers. We do stats of the game. Let's me do stats of the game real quick, um, just to give folks an idea of. I won't even go over the Colts portion of it because it doesn't matter. It matters even less in the preseason. But uh, Matt Barkley, for, like I mentioned before, fourteen of fifteen, one hundred seventy-two yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Kyle Allen, eight of fifteen, one hundred twenty-two yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Uh, leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills was uh, it was Jordan Mims. I mentioned seven attempts for 23 yards. Uh, James Cook had that one touchdown I mentioned earlier. He was four carries for 20 yards, so he looked pretty good. Uh, leading receivers, we mentioned uh, Andy Isabella, three three receptions on three targets for 42 yards. Um, and then Keyshawn Johnson, the next leading receiver, three receptions on three targets for 42 yards. Uh, and we're talking about touchdowns. So we mentioned uh, Marcel Aitman. He was the next leading receiver, two receptions on two targets for 41 yards. So, so pretty good stat line from him. The six foot four, 216 pound wide receiver, three years in the league. Tyrell Shavers. Oh, I mentioned him too. Six foot four, undrafted free agent out of San Diego State. And then we have Desmond Patman, six foot four, 225 pound guy out of Washington State. This is his third season. We may never talk about these guys ever again, so that's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, and then we have Jordan Mims, the rookie undrafted running back out of Fresno State. Um, Jordan Mims had two receptions on two targets for 30 yards. Uh, Patman had the touchdown. Shavers had a touchdown. So, yeah, so those were the big major stats of the game. Let me do defense real quick. Dorian Williams led the team with six tackles. Um, Zane Anderson was next. I thought Zane Anderson, by the way, like – you know, guys that just kind of, I just noticed while watching, Zane Anderson is one of those guys as backup safety. I'm not saying he makes a team, but he didn't look half bad. Boogie Basham had three three tackles, one sack. Tim Settle had a tackle and a sack. And Dane Jackson had the interception we mentioned. Uh, yeah, there was, there was two turnovers uh, that the Buffalo Bills had, and then only one turnover by the Colts. 
sounds for stats of the game. So let's do a sweet sassy molassy play of the game. Uh, John, I'll start with you. What was your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? For me, Nate, I would have to say that the two-point conversion stop by linebacker Traven Howard, I thought that was a huge stop. Um, great tackle. Uh, just good all-around play. And I wrote down my notes in all capital letters, huge stop. So I'm going to go with that one. Well, if the notes say huge stop, you know it's a huge stop in capital letters. John, you don't do many notes in capital letters. So if it's there, it's there. I want to say, so John, you're a resident podcast historian. That reminded me of the Mike Stratton hit almost 60 years ago, which is crazy that it's almost 60 years ago, dude, against, uh, who was it? Someone Lincoln from the Chargers in the 1964 AFL championship game. I posted it on social media. So if you're not following us, please do at CTW pod, circling the wagons podcast, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I posted it everywhere. Uh, it just reminded me of that shot that uh, Stratton had. Now it wasn't as devastating as that one. I mean, if I remember correctly, Stratton broke like link three of Lincoln's ribs and he was just laid out in the field, you know, back when guys didn't wear skirts to play football <laughs> or back when, you know, <laughs> not everyone got a trophy for just showing up to the game. Uh, what'd you think about that? Did you, did you think about that at all? Or even now that I mention it, it makes you think about that play a little bit. No, uh, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, no, not at all. No, that's a I mean, stupid no, thing you just that's said, cool that that made you think of of that because that was a really cool play, and it should be something that um, people remember, like because it was a really cool play in history. You know, um, yeah, I love that play. I love that you mentioned Traven Howard's play. That was one of my favorite plays too, for sure. That was a good one. Um, let's see, Mike, Mike, what do you have as your sweet sassy molassy play of the game? I have to go with Demar Hamlin, Nate, uh, the fourth down stop. I mean, he had three solo tackles, but the, the key one was on fourth down. And it was just great seeing him out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, I agree. It was good to see, like I mentioned, not only did he, did he play today and get his first action, he looked pretty good in it. So um, I think he's a lock, at least right now, to make the roster as a fourth safety. Um, I didn't see what he did special teams wise specifically. I don't know if he took any snaps or I believe he did. Uh, but yeah, it was good to see that he's a, Really inspiring guy. If you ever listen to his post game press conferences, like there's a lot, there's a lot you get out of that. You don't get out that out of every, every. You know what's funny too is he mentioned and they showed it on social media. The Buffalo Bills, like when Demar Hamlin got on the field, like Stephon Diggs was one of the first guys to hug him when he was actually on the field, like a big hug and whatever. And uh, you know, Demar Hamlin retweeted that video and said. Number 14 was one of my brothers, one of the first people to stay with me and see me. And I don't know if you guys remember that. The night of the DeMar Hamlin thing in Cincinnati, like Stefan Diggs was one of the players that went to go visit him that night in the hospital, like found his, made his way over there to see him. So it just made me think of like, you know, the fact that DeMar is mentioning this, you know, Stefan Diggs like truly did that. I remember seeing him like that night, staying up late and seeing him. It's just like, it just goes to show you that whole narrative of him being a cancer in the locker room or being a terrible teammate. Like I, I don't think there's many people like that that would go to that end to make sure that, you know, their friend or their teammate was okay. So I, I, I just, I, I like hearing that story again. And I probably won't talk about DeMar Hamlin for a little bit, but by the way, speaking of DeMar Hamlin, <laughs> dude, his clone looks really good, by the way. I love that people say that because like, <laughs> Remember that was a thing that there was a conspiracy theory was that he wasn't, he actually died that night because he got vaccinated and the NFL put a clone in for him. And the guy looks just like him and he's like playing so good that he's going to make an NFL roster. Like you could find a guy who ex looked exactly like Demar Hamlin, had the same height, the same weight, as muscular, as strong as him. He might look absolutely awful on a football field when it came down to it. Like he would have nowhere. He has. He doesn't have the like fifteen, twenty years of experience of like Demar Hamlin, like backpedaling against you know wide receivers or like wrapping up and tackling. And uh, yeah, I, I love that one. So that so John, you actually had my Traven Howard sweet sassy molasses play the game. Let's go into Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers, and I'm gonna put Matt Barkley on my Wall of Fame. I think. I mean, he just he's. Dude, you got to respect it. He went in knowing he was the third string quarterback last year and this year, but he's not giving up. Like he's showing everything 
that he can. And I'm all here for it, man. Like if, if that means that he's definitely an option to become the backup quarterback, like that's cool. Like that's good for him. Like in respect to he's easily one of the most likable backup quarterbacks the Bills have had in a long time. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's on my wall of fame. John, who's on your wall of fame? Um, am I allowed to do honorable mentions? Absolutely. Yes. Why was Barkley going to be your wall of fame? So you already said it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get some honorable mentions. <laughs> get some honorable. Uh, Sam some Martin honorable mentions, had buddy. a really good game punting. Um, but I also wanted to comment on the defensive line depth. Um, more specifically, specifically, uh, Basham and Settle. But like, um, later in the game, um, so, some of the guys further down the depth chart, uh, I thought did well. Um, and then the receiver depth too, like Aitman, Patman, Johnson, Isabella. I, they all had uh, pretty good games. I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mike, do you have a wall of famer? I didn't know if you had one for this. Just Demar Hamlin. Well, I got to go. Barkley, really, he balled out. Yeah, I like Demar Hamlin as being one. Right, like that's a good one too. That's an honorable mention to to Demar for that one. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Latavius Murray. Right, just as one of those guys that that. Uh, that just, I mean, he's he's sticking around, man. Like, you, you got to respect it, just like the Matt Barkley. Like, he's not going to give up that job. He wants it, and he's proving it on the field that, like, you know, he's showing up. Um, I also was, I forgot, this was actually going to be my sweet sassy molassy play of the game, was the Dean Jackson interception. That was that was one of my honorable mentions there. So Latavius Murray, uh, honorable mention there. Andy Isabella, honorable mention. Like, he, he looked pretty good so far. Not so much returning. Like, he looked okay there. Like John said, though, he did, like, 90 90% of it, like, just catching the ball. Like, that's huge. Good job at Andy Isabella for not dropping it. Um, speaking of Isaiah McKenzie, playing against him, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that the Bills actually ran a screenplay and some draw plays. Like, that's, that's another honorable mention for me. I don't have any um, wall of shamers. I don't think you guys probably do either. Is there anything or anyone or anything you want to put on your wall of shame? Um, yeah, I got a couple things. Um, I mean, it's preseason after all, so there's going to be stuff. The fact that you could just the fact that you could just have a fair catch that's BS. Let's <laughs> well, should get it to twenty five. Well, and it should be at the twenty. First of all, anyway, <laughs> let's forget that. Um, Shavers <laughs> um, is is definitely high on my list. I think. He, he did have a couple of nice catches, including the touchdown, but he was inconsistent. He had um, also had a couple of bad drops. And then the the deflection, I think, for the pick six was off of him. Not exactly sure whose fault that one was. Um, Rousseau missed Richardson on a sack uh, in the backfield. And then he also had a yep. neutral zone penalty. Um, and then I think I mentioned earlier, Sherfield uh, had an illegal shift and couldn't get separation on a third and short play that was thrown to him. Um, but if my number one is probably just the penalties, uh, eight for 59, eight penalties is a lot. Um, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are all good. I mean, McDermott mentioned them at his press conference. The penalties he didn't like, he didn't know that that was one of the big weaknesses he saw in the game. So, yeah, yeah good one. All good. John, who's your favorite backup wide receiver of this game? Andy, I mean, without let's let let's let let's not say Andy Isabella because we've heard of him. <laughs> let's do Keyshawn Johnson. Let's do Marcel Aitman. Let's do. I know it's not Tyrell Shavers. You just gave him the wall of shame, so I just, I don't think he's going to do it. And then we'll do uh, Desmond Patton. Those three guys. Was it was was there one that you liked more than the other? That's that's really hard. Um, that's what she said. Um. Sounds like it's going to take you a long time. Yeah, like Aitman and Patton. Aitman and Pat Patton um, kind of stood out to me. Patman, Patman, like Pac Man. Yeah, Patman. Yeah, they, yeah. Aitman and Patman, okay. I think, stood out Patman. to me a little bit more so. But I mean, like overall, like, like you know, how many are any of these guys going to make the roster? I mean, Johnson, like, well, it's t- it's going to be tough, right? They're, they're they're probably not. Well, so, so, oh yeah, like none of them are making it. But like, as far as you know, your favorite is there a Cinderella story? On because I love those. You know, like I love the guys that, that are underdogs that just show up. Like even I'd argue that Matt Barkley was that in this game. Like we, this is a guy who was a third stringer. He was almost a 
in in stone third stringer and he showed up he looked great i think that like we as fans we love those stories of those guys overcoming it those guys maybe they don't hear about in practice maybe they don't even have great practices but when the bullets are live they show up so matt barkley was one of those guys for me um I'm just trying to think of somebody else that came like the, all those wide receivers. Cause they all had about the same amount of targets and catches. Like it's yeah, hard they to had differentiate five them. receivers. Like, they had, I, I think I'd almost receptions go for 35 to 42 yards each. <laughs> They're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to differentiate that. And, it, <laughs> those, and even the eye test is like, uh, you know, Barkley's like, I might dimes. even say like Jordan Mims. Like I thought Jordan Mims had a good game. Mims is a good one too. Yeah. Well, he's well, he's a running back, right? You were asking receiver. Well, okay. So we don't have like besides Barkley, we don't have like a far. Yeah, he's a running back. I was just trying to think in general after like after mentioning the wide receivers, and it was like it was hard to pick out one. I'm like, well, maybe there's a running back that we liked that was you know a little bit off the radar. We kind of mentioned Latavius Murray, but I think Murray makes the team. It's just like one of those guys that you know, like the Christian Wades of the world. You know, like that there hasn't really been one like that this year yet. So I know it's because the team is really stacked and, and they have really good depth. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, is there is there one that, that sticks yeah, out to it's, you? It's but, early, I think. Um, I think in general, like overall, early. like yeah. the, it was a good game. Like, I think there was good things on both sides of the yep. ball and and special teams too. That, yeah, definitely. That, that I liked all around. So I, um, I'm feeling good. Yeah, wall of shame is me for sometimes I feel like for caring about whether the Bills win a preseason game. I'm like, why do I even care? But then I like get happy when they do. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just a Pavlovian response of all these years, like winning good, losing bad, except even when it doesn't matter whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I'm just. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then it, I think, what do you care, Nate? It's 20, 23, 19. And at the end, I'm like, man, I hope they, I hope they missed this two point conversion. <laughs> well, yeah, while you're watching it, it's like it's different. Like, so I saw the score. So I, I, I had to watch the game after it played. So I watched it after the fact. So I knew the score because um, when I clicked on it, the score was visible <laughs> to replay the game. But um, but it didn't matter because it was preseason, right? I actually cared more about not looking at Twitter throughout the day so that I wouldn't know anybody else's thoughts or opinions on anything before I saw it. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't, you know, have an unbiased look going into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, you're a consummate pro, man. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be like, yeah, yeah. Somebody's like, you know, Kyle Allen sucks. You're like, yeah, he does suck. Well, well let me see how much he sucks, <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> Um, it's just, it's a little far, but yeah, you know, I told you, totally know what you mean. That's why I don't listen to like WGR and some of those stations or like even sometimes the local stations, because I don't want it to, you know, change my opinion on this podcast. Like I want to have original thoughts and, you know, I do listen to a lot of different podcasts, so I can't say I don't listen to anything, but you know, I try to avoid it so that I can give some sort of original take and then listen to them after and be like, Oh, did they agree with me or not? Um, <laughs> So let's go into, so that was the Buffalo Bills 23-19 preseason opener win against the Colts in Orchard Park. Uh, now let's go into an interesting topic from the AP, where the Buffalo Bills new stadium cost overruns approaching $300 million, AP sources say. Orchard Park, New York, three months since construction began on their new stadium, the Buffalo Bills are already facing a potential cash crunch with the latest projections having the team on the hook for as much as $300 million in cost overruns. For what was initially estimated to cost $1.4 billion in March of 2022, an increase to $1.54 billion months later, is now projected to have jumped to $1.65 billion and approaching $1.7 billion. The people told EP because of anonymity, because nobody ever wants to put their name to anything, uh, which I don't blame them. Um, the rising price tag is notable because the bills are contractually required to cover any overruns beyond the, the then agreed to cost of $1.4 billion as part of the tentative deal the team reached with the state in Erie County 16 months ago. Increased labor and material costs were cited for the increased price, with one person saying one line item had already come in at $75 million over budget. <laughs> Whew. Another person saying a delay in sending out bids also had an effect in upping the cost. The Athletic first reported on the cost overruns last weekend and cited uh, unidentified individuals as projecting the stadium's price tag potentially reaching $1.9 so half a billion dollars over. 
<laughs> estimated cost. Uh, new, newly appointed Bill COO John Roth called the projections premature and speculative at best. We don't know enough yet to confirm this. We'll just look at the bids. <laughs> look at look at the cost estimates, John Roth. Like, tech, just have someone do some research. They're like, we don't know enough yet. <laughs> Roth took that's such a that's such a weird answer because because he could have easily said uh, it's not true or I'm not sure. Let me check and then like got back. Let me get back to you in a day. <laughs> let me ask those guys. How do you not know you're the chief operating officer? Um, Roth took over three weeks ago after Ron Rakua was fired. Rakua was involved in stadium negotiations and took on an even larger role over the final year after co-owner Kim Pagula suffered a debilitating heart attack in June 2022. A ballooning price tag would place a larger-than-expected burden on the Bills, who were initially uh, committed to covering $550 million of the construction costs. Their share now stands to potentially match the taxpayer contribution of $850 million. Um, the bills agreed to cover the cost overruns in exchange for having full control over the stadium's design and construction. One of the people told the AP before negotiations began that overruns were expected based on the bill's projected cost of $1.4 billion. The bills had initially pegged the cost of the stadium at about $1.5 billion before switching design firms. Uh, the bills are funding loan through the NFL's G4 pro- loan program. The rest of the money is being raised through a first-time seating licensing fee for season ticket holders. It's unclear how the bills will make up the difference and what cost cutting custody or the cost cutting measures they can make to the design of a sixty thousand plus seat facility being built across from their current home. That's what that that pisses me off, right? Like I read that and I say, like, what kind of cost cutting measures can they have? So, like, how can they make it cheaper for like us? Because you know they're not, you know, cost cutting any of the suites or anything like that. But for like Joe Blow, like us. Right, like they're gonna. Oh well, we were gonna have these nice padded seats, and now they're gonna be bleacher seats. You know those metal, crappy bleacher seats. Like that's what's gonna happen now. Just so you know, we were gonna give a cup holder to every seat. Now we're gonna give it to every other seat. You know stuff like that. Pagula has a projected net worth of six point seven billion dollars and made his fortune through the natural gas industry by by discovering and then selling off the drilling rights of tracks to gas rich fields across the country. Blah blah blah. So thoughts, John and Mike, when you hear that. And you read that, that the bills are going to have overages. Like, what are your thoughts on that? That it's going to like there. It's funny. Tailgate beers, which is one of my favorite accounts on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Tailgate beers had that had a funny meme of like Pagula on Bernie Sanders head. He's like, I am now asking you for (laughs) for donation to the cause or whatever. (laughs) Like Pagula coming to us. Like, I, I can't imagine him doing that, but I would not put it past him to like somehow negotiate more money. You know what I mean? I'm curious how often this happens with new stadium builds. Like going that, like, and then what, yeah, what happens but like, after is it, that, right? Like, know, do they go back to the city and encounter? Is say, it like assume that there's always going to be overages or like, or like how often does it happen? Let's see. Hold on. I'm going to look at that really quick. The Los Angeles uh, stadium for in LA was $2.5 billion over budget. Apparently. <laughs> That's quite a. It's, it's a little bit more. How do you overshoot? How do you overestimate? How do you overshoot the estimate by two and a half billion dollars? They probably do it on purpose, just so they can get the initial deal done. It's like, well, it's too late now, so <laughs> we'll have to figure it out. <laughs> well, then, then they hold the city hostage, or the county, or state hostage again. They're like, well, you know, we're not going to cover all this. <laughs> like, we can't be expected to pay as much as you guys are. I thought that was interesting. I don't have any. Is it sad? Like I don't have any uh, sympathy whatsoever for this. Like it would. Like what's the what's the equivalent of that for like sh- like people like us? If we had our own business, right? Like if we had our own business, we're like I don't know. I made stadium seats, like something like that, and I held the state hostages. It's just like we're gonna we're, we're gonna need a new facility to make some stadium seats, right? Like to manufacture it, to pack them, to design them, to build them. Like we need the state to cover half the amount of the facility. Like that would be the equivalent of it, right? Which never happens for us. Like if it was just someone like me or you, the state would be like, "We'll give you some rebates, but we're not covering half the cost of it." So, like, should I feel? I don't know, Mike. What do you think about that? You're you're the money guy. You feel bad for this? It's the cost of doing business, man. I don't think anybody's surprised about the overage. I think it's a, just a matter of course, kind of as John alluded to. But I think it it's not like it 
Google is going to pay it, right? It's just going to increase the prices for everything. Yeah. It doesn't impact him at all. Yeah, he's just going to make those PSLs cost even more, right? I think it's going to be like $800 minimum for a PSL. So like, let's say he was expected to pay that. Let's see. Let me do the math real quick. 60,000 seats. He was going to have to front $550 million. That's not enough seats. <laughs> he's got to add more. He should be adding more. But then construction costs will go up 80, 000, so they can make 80, more seats. seats Five, I mean. <laughs> That's an average cost of $9,200 per seat for PSLs. If you were to just take the PSL fees and pay for each seat would be roughly $9,200. I know it's not like that. There's probably going to be like $800 or $1,000 ones, and then there'll be some that are like $30,000, I'm sure. But So then if you want it, so like, okay. So now all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, let's say eight. So now it's $850 million. All of a sudden it went from $9,200 per seat for a PSL to $14,200 for PSL. So that's $5,000 $5, more per average PSL <laughs> just to cover this cost who's gonna pay that who which one of us would like we talked about getting season tickets if somebody was like here you can get you're talking about what is a five thousand dollar increase uh, uh if i won the lottery a 50 a 50 percent increase let's say if you won the lottery 52 percent increase in cost for psls so all of a sudden that one thousand dollar thing it became fifteen hundred dollars which may not be i don't know anyway i thought that was interesting Leave it at that. So, guys, just once again, this episode is brought to you by the Twinspire Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago <clears throat> Resort and Casino, where every moment is a winning moment. Is there anything else? I maintain, you- yes, I maintain that they should be doing background checks on people going in doing construction because that cost over cost is going to double if they bury if some Pats fan gets on the construction crew and plays the long game and buries a Brady jersey at the 50-yard line. That's my continued worry. They should have video cameras surveilling that site even now, <laughs> even like 24-7. Like there should be barbed wire, 20-foot barbed wire fences. You know, like they show it in like prisons where they have like multiple levels of barbed wire fence in case like somebody actually get out, gets out of one and there's like another one that they have to be like, ah, man. <laughs> you know, so they have to scale like two or three of them to get out. They should do that around the Bill Stadium site just to stop a potential Pats fan from Definitely. doing that. Even construction worker or, you know, just surveil that thing, right? John, anything else you want to add to the game about the game, things that we didn't cover? By the way, I didn't mention this earlier. Um, maybe Wall of Shame. I don't know if it's fair for it, but like Terrell Bernard, I know he's injured. I know it's a hamstring injury. It's not his fault. But like if you think about trending down, like it's Ty- Tyrell Dotson's job right now. He's basically going into the season, especially if Bernard isn't going to be out there for another week at least. Like it's Tyrell Dotson's job at this point. Because your greatest ability is your availability. And unfortunately, he just, he might have, this would have been a perfect game. That's the only reason I gave him the wall of shame is because this would have been a perfect game for him to show that he was, if he was in live game action better than Tyrell Dotson, this was the game to do it. So now he might not even get that chance. And he might be the better player at middle linebacker, but the coaching staff will be forced to use Ty, Tyrell Dotson just because, and I don't think he looked bad. I don't think he looked great, but um, yeah, that was my last thought. John, no, I think I'm good. So thank you guys all for listening. As always, um, we'll be on again next week. Talk about that game. So signing off for John. And congratulations to Jessica Pagula, who won the National Bank Open for her third career WTA Tour victory. Congrats to Jessica. Mike. Go Bills. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Uh, Good win. Let's hope we're the next time we talk to you, they're two and
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>